HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food and beverage radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music is going to save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. I'm Southern Teague. And I'm Greg Benson. My guys. Back. The boys hey. are back. So uh, I, had a, I had a fun thing happen to me this weekend. Uh, it kind of took me to the, you know, I think we spend a lot of time in our industry kind of thinking about like, you know, new recipes, right? Like where do these things come from? And especially getting really, really obsessed with just like, you know, what's the, what's the origin story of like the Manhattan or like the margarita. And I kind of had a fun, I, I came face to face with um, <laughs> the, the depths of human ingenuity in a kind of amusing way this weekend. Uh, I was at house of wax, which is the bar that's attached to uh, the Alamo draft house here in Brooklyn. Right. Uh, because I, I enjoy a movie on occasion as I think I've talked about all the time on this show. Um, and I was hanging out, I was going to kind of a late show and the only people at the bar were me the bartender and his friend who was uh, several dozen sheets to the wind at this point, but a really hilarious, really entertaining guy. And he was telling me about this drink that he came up with that he called the Hulk Negroni. And he was like getting his guy behind the bar to be like, dude, make, make this dude a Hulk Negroni. He'll love it. And eventually the, but his buddy behind the bar was like, okay, fine. A Hulk Negroni is a double Boulevardier in a giant like balloon snifter with a mint garnish. And it's just so funny to me because first of all, a double Boulevardier in a balloon with a mint garnish is a delightful cocktail. And it's also just kind of like this fun thing of just like, you know, I, I, I wasn't that asshole who was like, actually, this is a classic cocktail because one, I didn't want to be a jerk, but also because, Hey, you know, it's, it's, it's this kind of cool moment of like, certain things just taste good together and you can just have these like wonderful moments of spontaneous generation where someone's just like, Oh my God, I'm a genius. And you shouldn't go on and rain on their parade and tell them that someone already came up with it because you you could do that. Or you could just sip your double bowl of RDA and have a good night. Right. Who, 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 what good would it serve (laughs) to pop that bubble for somebody, you know? Exactly. Exactly. I thought you were going to say it had hypnotic in it. 
and I was really excited about that shit. <laughs> I was kind of curious where the, I guess the mint is green, or maybe it just makes you Hulk out. It did. It's just, giant yeah. drink. It's just giant. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it didn't make me Hulk out. Maybe if I'd had a second one, maybe if I had a grand total full bo- four Boulevardiers, I probably would have. Um, but anyway. Sounds like Memorial Day for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah yeah that man three-day weekends always come and go without me noticing them <laughs> it'll just i'll just be like at a bar on a monday and be like why is everyone here like don't you all don't you all have right re- i mean i don't have a regular job but don't you all <laughs> yeah most people uh, do. i i gotta say it was uh it kind of snuck up on me because my year's been crazy anyway but uh but i got to have people over and cook out for the first time at our place and like it's one of those things where I don't know how Souther does this, uh, but like I realized, you know, about six hours into it, I was like, man, I've been cooking all day and I haven't had anything to eat. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes. I did the same thing. I had people over for the first time of the season, fired up the grill. Uh, and yeah, halfway through, I realized everyone has kind of eaten and I'm just kind of drunk. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But there's nothing wrong with that. Drunk and sweaty because I'm standing over the grill. <laughs> yeah. Well, too many Hulk that, Negronis, man. That's your, that was the that was the yeah, problem. Exactly. That's where you went wrong, or not enough, or not enough. Yeah, exactly. They should have given you the energy to to see another uh, round of burgers or whatever. You won't <laughs> like him when he's hungry. That's right. <laughs> oh man. Well, speaking of uh, food and drinks, we've got yeah. some awesome people on the show today. We should get into this. Um, yeah. I got this book about. Uh, I don't know, a month ago or so, I got like a, a pre-release copy and I took it with me on my honeymoon and was oh. checking it out. Um, it's like one of two books that I took with me and I was really just like delighted by this book because it's, there's a lot of really fun kind of riffs on classics, but then there's also some really cool ingredients. Like for instance, there's like, I mean, we'll get into it, but there's like the new English, which is like kind of rip on old English and it's a uh, Ron Zacapa rum, which is like one of my favorites, but with like lime and simple, it's almost like a Chevelle type build, but done with OE. And I'm like, hell yeah, that's fucking amazing. Um, it's been a while since I've had OE because I moved out to the North, North Bay of California and I haven't, we don't have bodegas everywhere. Like I, we did back in Brooklyn, but I'm really excited to uh, welcome our guests today. Um, this, they've been doing some really cool stuff. In, in Southern California, and basically, we'll get the story on this, but we've got our friends in the studio all the way from Southern California. Sorry for the early morning uh, recording session, guys, but <laughs> yeah, it's good. But we got spanking news in from Trap Kitchen. Yo, guys, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having. Thank you for having us. So, let's talk about. I mean. This got started because you were cooking and then like it was a little bit of like a lot of this growth kind of came from pandemic times, right? Yeah. But you were serving out of your house? Oh, no, this is way before pandemic. This stretched back to 10 years. I mean, as far as like the recent social media goes uh, and how you and Maxwell Britton, who was also in the studio, kind of how you guys got together, right? But, yeah. Yeah, but this goes yeah, back but, further than that. So let's get right, into that. Yeah, it was- We've been selling food out the house since 20, 2013. Okay, cool. So a decade. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, nice. yeah, we got a decade in. So how'd this start, man? How'd you guys come together? Well, the with the with the drink book with Maxwell, 
or just the the whole story? No, just the, the two of you guys. Like, let's go back to the origin story. Oh, okay. You want to take it back, back? Yeah, take it back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a, a friend from my neighborhood. He's like one of my best friends, and Spank has a friend from his neighborhood, which is close to him. They have cousins, and we all used to like hang out because of the cousins. You know, the cousins basically they they family. They're coming to their auntie's house. And they're bringing their friends. But mind you, we're from two different sides of the tracks where, you know, in L.A., it's gang culture. So you got the Crips and you got the Bloods. So I'm me being a part of the blood side and Spake being part of the Crips side, normally that don't even get along. You don't even see that. So for us to even be hanging with each other, that was already unique right there. So that started it off. And then um, from there, we, we grew a bond. Um, Spain went to culinary art school in Vegas. He came home. We started Trap Kitchen. We started selling food out the house. We didn't have no, you know, no, no resources, no money to go do do too much. But we had our kitchen in our house, and we had some EBT probably or a couple of dollars. And we ran to the store. We made a menu, posted it on social media. It's like skyrocketed, and we went from there. I mean, that's Man, pretty, that's, that's pretty incredible when you're hanging out with the fam and the cousins and all that, were, were you, was food involved in that? And it's sort of kind of, always, always. Yeah, exactly, always. exactly. That's the thing, but it all starts with hanging out with your friends and doing the thing and cooking together. And then, you know, I, that's great that you went off to culinary school. I went to culinary school myself. Uh, and then you came back and, and really started getting into it. And then, so, yeah. so how long after selling food out the window, did, did the first book come along, Trap Kitchen? What what made you sit down and say, you know what? We need to get these recipes. We need to not only get the food into people's hands that can get here and get it. We need to get books into people's hands that maybe you know don't even live in the state. How did, how did that how did that boil up? The first first book came like 2016. I wrote it like mid at the end of 15, and it came out in 16 or 17. And um, we were just doing a lot of appearances on tv a lot of interviews like we're doing now we're doing news and um our manager at the time introduced us to uh, marvis and um we just went from there we was going back and forth we they flew us to uh new york and we have meetings and we was talking about it and we finally got the got it locked in dialed in and we went on a promo run we did a we did what store, what show was that out there in New York? Um that's not the, on there. The Chew. The Chew. The Chew, yeah. yeah. They had us on a Chew twice behind the first book, man. It just it was just new and interesting. Nobody has like, you know, in our nobody in our culinary circle had a book out or was even thinking about doing a book. And um it's a great marketing tool just for us to keep business going and some some to present to our family. This trip to South, just seeing a book in Barnes and Noble and Target and just all over different platforms, man. I didn't expect that. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna write my, you know, my family recipes. They came and recorded me word for word verbatim and put it in the book. It was so funny. Like, I don't know if you guys seen, I don't know if you guys seen the first book, but it's like, yeah, we motherfucking trap kitchen. Can I curse on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that fresh fucking air, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> hey man, it was a, it was, it was, it was something new, man, that we never did. It's like making a mixtape, you know what I'm saying? Like we two rappers, and we made a mixtape, and it just blew up. Like I don't know, man. It was something you, that I, I mean, wasn't. Were you surprised by that? Because I mean, like it sounds like 
you know, like from 2013 to 2017 when the book comes out, that's not like a whole lot of time. But in restaurant years, that's like an eternity, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah we were. We were surprised. But, you know, we we kept going over it and over it. And, you know, I mean, all these all the recipes in that book came from like every every recipe was inspired by some time in my childhood life or life or dishes that I grew up liking. You know what I'm saying? This original is nothing in there. Like, I don't know. You can't find it nowhere else. You can, but not our version. Yeah. Yeah. Was that something that like, like you guys started cooking together and you started doing this together. Was it like a collaboration of both your families? I mean, cause like you were, you had cousins and like, you were like, was it like stuff that you riffed on or is it stuff that's like straight from like your grandma's recipe book? Like, or some yeah, most of it most of it was from yeah, like family like barbecues and Easters and holidays. Or going to a restaurant, just, eating something yeah. good and adding your twist to it. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, so but I mean like drinks drinks come along with that too, right? So <laughs> Oh yeah. Right. Especially in those holiday parties, man. Um, right. So, I mean, of course, the natural progression, this being, you know, the, the next book in your your volume, uh, which is, by the way, congratulations. It's really beautiful. It's a really cool looking book. And uh, like, it just makes sense to like come out with a drink book. And, I, you know, like flipping through here on vacation, I was just like, I, it took me back a lot to like just some of my like early favorite drinks and so like you've got one called the long beach iced tea and it's and it's blue and it's yes. awesome man instead of a long island iced tea it's a long beach iced tea which by the way for those of you out there doing that don't understand southern california geography long beach is not la people from long beach nope. will tell you that all damn day um i love long beach it's great it's a great town there's some great restaurants and bars in there too but uh but yeah, it's uh yeah, I, I tell people I was going there for work. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to LA. And they're like, what part are you gonna be in? I'm like, Long Beach. And they're like, that's not sorry. <laughs> like Most definitely. Most definitely <laughs> don't want to tell somebody from Long Beach that they're from LA. Yeah, exactly. It's a totally what? different cult. You know, like it's and it's also it's like it's far enough away, it's far enough of a drive to where it like definitely doesn't feel like you're it's not like you're not in Echo Park or whatever. Um but yeah, the uh, Long Beach iced tea is one of them. There was also like this face. I like the this face because I live in the North Bay, you know. The Bay. I, I, yeah. I, I've always listened to E40 since I was a kid. And so like, I don't know, I'm just flip, like flipping through this. Like you said, it was like, you're kind of like two rappers that started a mixtape. And the cool thing is, is a lot of these drinks are actually, there's a lot of reference to a lot of songs and a lot of rappers and a lot of different artists. I like that there's one called Napa Valley that's like taking the kind of taking the piss out of the wine industry because I, <laughs> I work in Napa. Yeah. <laughs> so I know exactly like the caption says. Um, but yeah, I mean, like as far as in Skywalker, I mean, that's, that's you know, different kind of reference. But um, yeah, so what was the process of like you started with some of these, you were selling some of these drinks uh, at the restaurants. And then especially during the pandemic, I was reading that says, you started selling to-go cocktails because, I mean, like, shit, we we all had to. And not just for us to sell 
cocktails from our bars and restaurants, it's like people needed them, you know, people yeah. needed to drink that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So did you start out with just like a few and then kind of build it? Cause there's a lot of drinks in here, man. That's, we, 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 the pandemic definitely inspired us, uh, to, you know, curate this book because, you know, like you just said, there wasn't nowhere to buy a drink and we were selling food at this lot out of our trucks, all the food trucks linked up in this one parking lot in a Ralph's in a grocery store parking lot. And people used to be out there selling drinks out of their trunk. So we like, wow, you know, like this could be something, you know, we didn't think it was going to be, we didn't think it was going to be as big as, as it was, but it actually turned into something like, even when the bars open back up, people still selling drinks, you know, coming up with their own cocktails, Hennessy margaritas and, uh, uh, adioses and, Mm-hmm. And they put them in a little of, pouch, rolling roll yeah. around in a, a, a cooler with ice, selling their little drinks out of a pouch, out of a cooler. Oh yeah, those like Capri Sun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's where the real street cocktail come from. Like you know, that's a street cocktail. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing a lot of that in Brook. We did that at our bar actually for a little bit um, when it was like it was like that that springtime because we were selling some hot uh, cocktails. You know, because it gets cold as hell in, in New York. So, like, you're like, you're kind of lucky in the fact you that Long hot, Beach, like, it's like a always hot nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. But like, for you, it's like the weather's always like really nice down there. So it's like, yeah, like a cold, refreshing drink in a pouch makes total sense. Yeah, and they yeah. would parent. They would put them in mason jars too. Put them in mason yeah. jars with the candy and the and the um, what's the sticky stuff? Um, the chamole, I, mole, or chamole, yeah, chamole, yeah, yeah, chamoy, chamoy, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's chamoy, just the dope yeah. concepts of the street cocktails, the way they was coming, putting, being creative and putting them together, packaging them up and labeling them. It was just like it was like a good time during the pandemic to make your own street brand of cocktails. So we just came up with some different recipes of our own. Yeah, I love it. I I, I see in the press release here it says something about um. You know, it says LA style drinks based on uh, things that were started that that started in New York City. Can you describe what you mean by that when you say so? How are you taking a popular New York City cocktail, and making it LA style? What does that mean? Uh, well, you guys are known for nutcrackers out there. Yeah, okay. that's what that's kind of where I was going. <laughs> that's kind of where yeah. I was going. Yeah, we, we we've been we've known about the nutcrackers for a long time, even way before the pandemic and just. We was like, you know, we need to have our own our own nutcracker. You know what I'm saying? That's going to be popular yeah. out here. Well, and also it's like it makes more like nutcracker is kind of like, you know, there's there's a kind of a, a slightly defined. It's a loose recipe, but it's like you can kind of kind of riff on it as much as you want, mm-hmm. like depending on what what one bodega sells and what the other one doesn't, you know. But like. Yeah. I feel like in Southern California, there's like so much, just so much like fresh produce and like access to nice ingredients. And like, especially if you've got a, you know, like a kitchen or three or, you know, however many, like you've yeah. got, you've got the stuff already and it's like, you might yeah. as well like use it and like level up, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I like a lot of these names too, because there's like uh suburb, the uh, suburban slide, B O U 
R B A N, uh, or B O N rather. And then there's uh, man, I'm like 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 when when our listeners out there get a hold of this book, it's fun because like you're looking through it and it's like there's very little like actual glassware. It's all like to go containers. Exactly. It's like a reused honey bear squeeze bottles and <laughs> red uh, clips. Like <laughs> yeah, man. It's like it's so water bottles and like <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's so cool. Um <laughs> there's a pooty tank again. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so how did uh, uh I want to kind of turn a little bit of attention towards Maxwell? You're sitting here with us as well. Maxwell, how did you get involved with, with these guys and, and get this book off the ground? Um yeah, well hey guys, what's up? Um can you, can you all hear me? Yes, sir. Yep. Oh yeah. yeah. All right, cool, cool. Um, yeah, so I actually did my first cocktail book um in 2021 with uh T Pain, the yeah. recording artist, uh Can I Mix You a Drink? And um, yeah, I guess there was definitely, you know, some some aspects of that experience that certainly led to, you know, supporting Spankin News on on this project. You know, I think, you know, I've heard you guys reference a lot about um, you know, like music and um places and time and neighborhoods and stuff like that and, and that was that was really a big aspect of, of that project and uh, i mean we had sort of formed a, a relationship during that time and i've always been a fan of their work i just think what they're doing is is really interesting and and totally different and outside of the realm of of, of what we currently see a lot in food and beverage media and um yeah, they had these great ideas and, you know, we're working on, on, on these concepts. And I think they just kind of, they just needed somebody to kind of, you know, help them get those recipes over the line. And there was a unique set of uh, boundaries that were really interesting and fun to work with. You know, I think all of us, a lot of us here that are, you know, from the bar side of the industry, um, tend to, you know, be known for really sophisticated and sometimes overly complicated recipes. And, you know, a lot of what this book is about, you know, when you're referencing things like, you know, the, the nutcracker or bodega cocktails, if you will, is how do you make something good with things that you can simply buy at the store? So, you know, sort of lending creativity to, you know, somebody who doesn't feel like they, you know, want to, you know, that, that looks at the aviary cocktail book and doesn't want to invest in a rotovap and gelatin and all that sort of stuff. They just, they want something that tastes good and looks good and they don't have to go buy a million things to do that. And, um, I always find that's the funnest way to develop recipes. So it was a breeze working with these guys and they're just fun dudes to hang out with. Yeah, man. Yeah, and it's like you're not you're not like kind of beholden to like making a bunch of different syrups and stuff. And I mean, it's looking through this book, it's like okay, yeah, like there's most of the stuff I've got in my house right now, you know. Exactly. Especially yeah. uh, the the nut like I I work in the brandy industry, so I've got a lot of brandy, uh, <laughs> and there's a lot of brandy and tequila cocktails which I freaking love. Um, but yeah, I mean, like there's there's something to be said about that, like being able to, because think about this, like too, whenever, you, even just like on the, the cocktail bar side of things, like a lot of times when you go to like, say a cocktail competition that is completely like wide open, you, you don't, you didn't submit a recipe, you just have to show up and like, whatever they have for the bars, like you make it work, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think that's really cool. Um, You know what? We're about, uh, 
We're about halfway through the show. Let's take a quick break um, and hear from our sponsors. But I also want to like, man, I just want to dig into some of these recipes because I can, I kind of can tell which ones Maxwell Britton had an influence. (laughs) 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 I'm going to call them out. But we'll be back in just a moment with Bacon News and Maxwell Britton here on the Speakeasy. Back in a few. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. And we are back. You're listening to The Speakeasy here on Heritage Radio Network. And today we're talking about the art of street cocktails with Spank News and Maxwell Britton. And uh, before the show, we were just leafing. We were leafing through this book a little bit. I don't think we could we could help ourselves because it's a uh, it's a it's a handsome thing y'all have turned around here. It's really really cool, and I love looking through, and I love how um, it's not one one thing I was a little worried about when I got this book is that it was gonna you know take the the beautiful simplicity of a Nutcracker and be like put it into a fine crystal coupe and garnish it with a single orchid, and that is definitely not what's happening in here. And I love, I love the, um, the really simple presentation. like what we were talking about earlier about how, um, these are things that you could just go down to the corner store and buy if you were, if you were so inspired, I almost did last night, but I was sitting around in you know, just my basketball shorts and no shirt. And I was like, eh, I'll, that's, that's an errand for tomorrow, Greg, to deal with. But we were also talking before the break about how uh, we could see we could see a bit of the the hand of one of the creators in here. I guess Damon could see some uh, some particularly Maxwell Brittany flavor in a few of these drinks. Max, do you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, totally. Um, well, Damon, what were some of those? What were some of those those uh, those ingredients you're calling me out for? No, I just see sherry in some of these cocktails, and I know that like from your time at uh, Maison Premier, you know, like you're a big sherry guy. But then, yeah. You know, there's, there's with good reason that that is in this drink because I've never even tried it, but I can tell what it tastes like. You know, after doing this for a long time, it's like you kind of, you're yeah, like, oh, I get that. Yeah, all these cocktails yeah. read very delicious. Yeah. But again, the uh, there's one called Hulk Smash that has both Midori and Blue Curacao in it. I've never seen a cocktail with Midori and Blue Curacao in it together. It's probably the most, it's the coolest color. It's like turquoise. Um and uh, and it, it has coconut syrup in it. So, like, I you know, like, there's some really cool combinations of flavors in here that are, man, they're just, like, fun. And they all seem really refreshing, even, like, the Hail Mary. I'm like, damn, I'm looking at this. Do you actually have little Tabasco bottles to say Trap Kitchen on them? 
No, but we need to get those. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a good look. Um, But yeah, (laughs) the, uh, I mean, it's just like thumbing through this. It's like everything looks amazing. And there's a couple of drinks with, uh, with their like beer cocktails, which I think is really cool. Um, Because, you know, sometimes you need a beer cocktail and, you know, I just, I don't know. Like I want to, like I said before the break, like I, I have most of this stuff at home. And I could make most of these drinks right now. Um, I'm out of Midori over the weekend, but uh, I I could get that pretty easily. So, like, I, don't know, I think there's something to be said about accessibility or just like, you know, anytime I write a cocktail article, it's like you got to make sure that like my mom back in Oklahoma with limited access to ingredients like we have on the coast like she's going to read that magazine and she's going to be like, I want to make this. So I got to make sure that she's able to do that because, you know, got to make mom proud. (laughs) (laughs) There's yeah. Like the all city is one of the the beer cocktails. So it's uh, Campari and grapefruit juice, which is always delicious. uh, And a little bit of orange flower water, but then uh, IPA. So like kind of a complex, a kind of classic way to do Campari is Campari and grapefruit soda. So this is kind of like, a little bit of a rip off that, and, but like with a little, like more depth with the IPA. So I don't, that's just like cool stuff in here. Everyone wants you get this book. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, be, I, I wish I, I wish I would have tapped into this over the weekend, over Memorial Day weekend when I was having my party, my cookout, because this is like everything here looks like refreshing for a cocktail party or a cookout. Exactly. I don't know if you. I don't know if you're a father, but you got Father's Day coming up, man. You might want to. You know what? I got a dog. I got a giant dog that needs to. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll have that dog celebrate my my parenthood. Um, there you go. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah but, but I think a great Father's Day gift, right? This is a cool book to to give out. Book. And that, you're you're right. That time is yeah. coming up. It's on the nineteenth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I wanted to ask. At the brick and mortar, because you guys have a couple of food trucks and a brick and mortar, right? Yes. So are these drinks available on the menu at the brick and mortar? Or, or, I don't know, in L.A., can you do them on a truck as well? That would be amazing. Uh, no, nah, we can't really sell them on a the truck. Maybe if we're doing, like, private catering or we're doing a pop-up with a, a bar, we're collabing with the bar, then we can introduce them. What's we plan on doing? Going on a little promo tour with this book nice. and, uh, you know, showcasing a few of these drinks, you know, different spots around the United States. But, yeah, I wish we could sell alcohol off the food truck. During the pandemic, we could. You know, we had a uh, we had uh, the icy the icy uh, machines on the on the pandemic truck. And we would make like daiquiris and and um, nice. and Henny um, uh, Rita's and this all kind of shit, man. <laughs> we could get away with during the pandemic because, of course, yeah, nobody the, nobody was coming policing us like that, you know, as right. far as like the health department and all that. But yeah, 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 we only, definitely. It's, it's only illegal if you get caught. Ahead. It's only illegal if you yeah. get caught. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool though, man. Just and then seeing other people else, other people coming out with their little drinks, you know, it was really like you know, it was inspiring. Like, yo, why we need to jump on that shit right now, you know? So. Well, that's, that's cool. actually like something I wanted to ask you all about because there was a, a, a bit in the um, forward to the book 
that really stuck with me where you were talking about how, yeah, everybody really loved to go cocktails during the pandemic. But the fucked up thing was that you had people who've been doing this for ages and who didn't have, you know, a, a liquor license to do it. And, you know, all of a sudden, especially now that a lot of places, including New York City, just kind of decided like, eh, we're not going to do to go cocktails anymore. Uh, I sort of wanted to ask you two what you, you know, clearly you have a really great appreciation for for this art form. And I wanted to ask what you sort of thought the the future of that was now that everyone's kind of had that now that we all have the taste of it in our mouths. You know, I kind of I kind of think of like they say about their sharks who like they get a taste of human meat and then they never go back. And you know, it's just yeah. like we've had a taste <laughs> of of, you know, to go cocktails and street cocktails. So where do you think that's going to go for us from here? I think it is going to stay around, man. I know a lot of people that are still doing it, you know, they uh, especially if you're having parties out here. And it's kind of the cheaper way to cut the cost for for expensive liquor, you know, come on already with mixed drinks. It makes it easier for people to enjoy just different things that they want to enjoy. I, I don't know. How, how should I say that? I think it's going to stay around. I mean, it's still around out here in Los Angeles. I don't know about New York, but. Yeah, I didn't even know they, they stopped it in New York. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah we actually is. we had a whole we had a, a whole episode about it where we brought in um I think one of our one of our state senators to kind of talk about an effort yep. to uh, to turn it around because it kind of happened yep. all at once. And uh, yep. a few I don't I don't know if there are any bar end, bar owners on uh, this particular podcast who had any feelings about it at the oh, moment. But, uh, yeah, yeah. No, it lit it lit me up pretty bad. Uh, they gave us less than uh, two days' notice that we could no longer sell to go. We'd already purchased, you know, bottles and caps and labels and, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, it was. A, oh man, yeah, a real shit. Y'all show. stuck with it. Yeah, they snatched the rug off me. Well, uh, again, uh, it's only illegal if you get caught. So I kept doing I it. Just to say that. <laughs> you gotta get rid of it. I kept doing it for six months until I did get caught, um, and then uh, they were threatening to fine us pretty heavily, uh, and then they gave us to go cocktails back. Um, but by the time they gave them back, um, the, the sort of uh, the need and, and desire for them had waned. Um, so you know, no one's going to buy a, a you know twelve to fifteen dollar to go cocktail from me when now they're canned to go cocktails at the liquor store for six bucks. So uh, they they made us miss a pretty gigantic chunk of potential revenue. Hmm. Um, uh, yeah, U.S. government. Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, we we kind of did the same thing, but you know, it's it's one of those things where. On our, our corner in Brooklyn, they shut down those streets occasionally. So we have block parties a lot. So we still, we didn't like completely lose out on all of our inventory of like to-go cups and, you know, like you said, like bottles and caps and all that stuff. So we we still get to use them, but that's that's a rare kind of situation that we're in for for having those block parties. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's like people get used to the thing and it's like, they people just wanted to feel like they were part of something, you know, because they mm-hmm. there's a there's a billion restaurants and bars out there they could go to, and it's like whatever you do to make yours special, that's what keeps people coming back. We had people walking by Grand Army, just like dropping a twenty in the tip jar without even buying anything because they just wanted to feel like they were part of, you know, like and, yeah. But you know the the thing is like. Those people are getting older, man. <laughs> Just saying. And we're gonna, we're gonna be running. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna be running the shit soon enough. So, like, we'll bring it back, and then every town will we're be gonna, like, yeah, yeah. definitely bring it back, man. Yeah. yeah, and then every town will be like New Orleans, you know, like it's all like to go cocktails everywhere, and yeah, it'll be. I think 
wasn't it like wasn't there like some articles about it that they were like yeah like crimes down or something like that like in new york city they were like yeah everyone's just like fucking Peaceful. around with their uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah everyone's chill the fuck out y'all can smoke weed now you yeah. got to go drinks yeah it's mellow exactly yeah i mean i like i i i'm all for it you know like in you know like i said one day soon we'll be uh making the rules across the board so we're already doing it you know like how many states have legalized marijuana 13 14 maybe more might just need more i don't know it should be more than it will be yeah. um but yeah and to go cocktails and marijuana and then we'll get on the mushroom thing too because that's next oh yeah that's next. That's, that's my <laughs> that's that's my newest uh <laughs> That's my newest pastime you, right you there. You play with ingredients? That's your new ingredient? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, yeah. we'll have you on for the fourth book when, when that one comes out. <laughs> that. Yeah, you got Maxwell for the cocktail book. You should get me for the uh, the mushroom book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, Maxwell. <laughs> um, yeah, but, I, you know, it, it, just, it does suck that, like, to-go cocktails became, like, a thing kind of of the past for now, but it doesn't mean you can't have fun with like the, the presentation, which all these cocktails are, you know, it's still keeping that, that spirit alive. You know, everyone wants to feel like they're kind of breaking the law, you know, a little bit. So when you're drinking out of like a a pouch or like a coffee cup that, you know, like, especially there's one in here that is served in a a New York city coffee cup, Mm. those paper cups, Mm -hmm. man, I can't tell you how many times I've, uh, it's the trap cognac. Um, That dude, I, I walk around Brooklyn all the time with one of these, and I guess what? I haven't had coffee in like almost a decade, but you got coffee you'll, see me, you'll see me walking around with one of these pretty often. <laughs> Good shit. But you know, they don't know what's in it. Um, <laughs> I'm you know, actually, it was kind of funny because like some of the bars in in New York started doing that before before the pandemic, and especially around like Williamsburg, uh, there was like some. Uh, some like frozen drink programs and they were throwing like frozen Irish coffees and these coffee cups. And yeah, you got all these hipsters. There's like all of a sudden one day, like these cops are looking around there's like every hipster in, in Williamsburg is drinking a coffee all at the same time. It's like, all right, something's up. Something here. They're right. <laughs> something right here. So I don't know. It's pretty sweet, but you know, I, you don't even have to necessarily want to be drinking alcohol to drink out of alcohol out of a coffee cup. As long as you're breaking the law, that's what feels right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the ultimate thing. You got to get away with it, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that and this book definitely keeps that spirit alive. So I really, I really love it. Um, so, what are your favorites out of this book, guys? Yeah, that's, what I, gonna ask, that's what I was going to ask next as well. Oh man, favorite? That's crazy. I mean, I know it's hard. <laughs> um, so many. Yeah, man. Yeah, there are I like the Black Mamba. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorites, I could say. I like to funk you up, man. Ginger beer. I don't know why. I just love the taste of ginger and lime juice, man. That's one of my favorite ones right there. Well, you know, it goes really well with food, too. You know, a lot, yeah. of, a lot of like ginger and lime cocktails, they go with a lot of different types of food. So, yeah, that's a, it's very refreshing. It's a palate cleanser. So, yeah, it's a palate cleanser, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I agree with that. What about you, Max? 
we did it. We actually had like a pre-release uh, barbecue party at uh, Broken Shaker about a month ago. And um, cool. we were doing tea time with uh, some Jamaican food that Spankin' News made. And that was that was super fun. Cool. It was basically, you know, it's pretty much like a spin on a sweet tea, which I liked a lot. And then you had mentioned Trap Kitchen or Trap, Trap Cognac earlier. That one I love because it's like to me I, I feel like that's like the combination of like the, uh, the airplane challenge combined with the bodega yeah. cocktail, where cool. literally like you can only get your ingredients within one block and they all have to be airplane safe, and that's exactly what you can do with the uh, trap cognac. Nice, yeah. The tea time for those listeners out there, it's a uh, bourbon based and it has sweet tea, honey, and fresh lemon. So kind of like an Arnold Palmer, John Daly kind of thing with the uh, bourbon. That's all. I'm all about that. Um, God, they, but they all, I mean, like, just again, you know, flipping through here, they all, they all look so delicious and fun. So, yeah, congratulations to you guys on this book. I hope you sell a billion of them. Me too, man. Thank you. I appreciate you. <laughs> you know what you should do? Um, you should do it as a set, all three books, you know, like, especially uh, for Father's Day coming up. Yeah. yeah, and then during the holiday season, just do like a pack of all three and like, shit, man. We sell books at my bar. We'll sell them. Yep. Okay, we're gonna send you a box. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and uh, then we'll get to work on those mushroom cocktails for the next one. <laughs> for, sure, for, sure, for sure, man. I was making shroom laid all weekend. <laughs> Thanks. Oh man. Well, guys, this has been really fun talking with you guys. Um, and. You know, there's to me, I love I love it when because, you know, one of the reasons why I brought Souther on the show as a co-host is because he comes from a different perspective, you know, as far as the bar world goes, because he started out as a chef and he went to culinary yeah. school. Yep. And so when you talk about food and drinks, you kind of have to talk about both. You know, I don't I can't I, mean, I don't care what time of day it is. If I'm having if I'm ordering food at a restaurant like yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm drink drink. it. Yeah, you gotta have a drink, and they taught us that. They taught us different drinks that pair with food. You know what I'm saying? Um, when yeah. we was in culinary school, so yeah, it was real familiar for me. Yeah, once we started doing it, yeah, yeah. and like it creates ahead, it, it creates an environment of conviviality and like celebration. You know, like you can have uh, obviously you can eat without drinking, but if you're having people over in a group, if you're having your as we talked at the top of the show, your family, your cousins, everybody's coming over to to you know commune. Uh, you know, uh, folding in a drink is just going to get everybody a little bit more, you know, a little bit more it's, mellow. It's like an icebreaker. Exactly. It's yeah, it's lubri- right. Lubrication, you know, it gets everybody. Yeah, it's an icebreaker. Ready to get it on. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm looking through the book right now um, and seeing a lot of, like, culinary influence. I see, you, have, you know, you're using your own house. I'm assuming it's house-made barbecue sauce in the, in the Bloody Mary. And um, there's other uh, angles in here that are definitely food-friendly, as Damon mentioned, some drinks with ginger and lime are always like really food friendly. And man, I, I, I want to see, um, I want to backtrack, right. I don't, I don't know about these guys, but I think my book collection here behind me at the house is, uh, probably equal 50, 50 of drinks and food. So I want to get a hold of your cookbooks as well. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll bang out some of those things in my, I, I try and do a, a weekly backyard barbecue at my, at my apartment in Brooklyn, uh, in Brooklyn. So love to bang out some of your food and some of your drinks and, and get it together. Hell yeah, man. We're on the same thing. Um, so you yeah. said you're going to do a bit of a book tour. Are you going to be uh, uh, coming through New York? For sure. We always come. Every time we do a, put a book out, we come to New York. 
So, yeah, you'll be seeing us. We'll probably be throwing a barbecue together or something. Yeah, yeah. Set that up. Any idea of a date right now, or we'll have to check back? Oh, you got to check back. Maybe mid-summertime, close to the end. Just trying to get it together right now. But, yeah, you know, it's a lot of barbecue coming up, so we need to be getting this on the road. Yeah, I'd love it. Um, Because, yeah, these drinks definitely speak to, like, I don't know. They, they speak mostly to like, I mean, you're from LA. So of course they do. They speak to like this time of year in New York, but this time of year is always this time of year in LA. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I mean, you outdoor, just, hanging out, playing some music, yeah. you know? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's what, that's what our weekend consisted of, man. We, I just got back from Vegas, man. It was a great time, man. We definitely had cocktails rolling and I was on the grill and we just enjoyed it. I'm ready to take this on the road, though. You know, kind of like a pop-up barbecue style with the cocktails, real L.A. backyard boogie type deals. Are you guys being on your rooftop on the terrace, you know, yeah. out there in New York? Yeah, let's yeah. get it on. There's plenty of great bars out here that host uh, host pop-ups all the time. Basic jumps to mind. Um, they've got a backyard, and they do barbecues in their backyard with visiting guests all the time. It'd be a great spot to do it. Maybe Max can hook Oh, man. Yeah. They could serve the basic yeah. bitch there. Yeah, basic, basic, exactly. Basic. <laughs> basic. Yeah. Yeah. Let's set it up. With a hot DJ, man. Don't forget the music. Of course, yeah, of course. Sure. Yeah, that's 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 part of the that's part of the cocktail too, really. Um Right. Yeah, well I'm very much enjoying flipping through this book. I am gonna go and get your previous cookbooks. Um very interested also. We didn't mention it at all in this episode, but um Mac and Around the World, Mac and Cheese recipes that are globally inspired. That looks like a fun, fun book to me as well. Um, so that was fun to make. Yeah, you know, really, we shot we we shot and did it in New York as well. You know, nice. Yeah, really congratulate you guys on on some pretty diligent looking and exciting work. Thank you. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, and when you're on that tour, let me know when you're up north. And, oh yeah, that's gonna probably back. be one of the, that's gonna probably be one of the first stops. You know, our first brick and mortar is in Oakland, downtown Oakland. Yeah, at that complex here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't wait to can't wait to hang with you guys in person for sure. Yeah, man. Okay, so I mean that's it for the speakeasy this week. We're out of time, but I really want to thank you guys for being on the show again. Um, Everyone, check out Trap Kitchen. Uh, The social handles are at Trap Kitchen Official underscore, and then the website is trapkitchenpdx.com. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, guys, this has been really fun. Um, I like I said, everyone out there, go out and get this book. It's really fun. It's and it's 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 the official like cocktail book of the summer. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, I think. So. <laughs> and it's great having you back on the show, Maxwell. Love you, buddy. Miss you. Uh, and uh, appreciate you guys. Yeah. Hope, hopefully, you'll be on the tour with them so uh, we can hang out. Yeah. For sure, we bring him back. He got to come with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again, guys. That's it for the Speakeasy this week. Check out Heritage Radio Network for more programs like this one. And Greg, don't we have a, a link for them to check out as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we're launching a, a new members program here at the Speakeasy that we're calling Bottled and Bond. So uh, feel free to follow along there and check out some cool bonus content that we're going to be doing. We're going to be talking with uh, some of our guests for a little bit of extra content. Every month, we're going to be putting out a sort of roundup of the folks that we talk to, as well as personalized recipes based on all the folks that we've been talking to this month. And 
honestly, I'm I'm inspired to start mixing up that like I I have one of those old honey bear bottles and I'm like I gotta find I gotta come up with a recipe to go in this. Like, <laughs> very after reading through this book, I'm inspired to do something with with uh, some of these fun reduce reuse recycle things I have lying around my apartment. So check out uh, the link that's in the show notes there to uh, check out Bottled and Bond, and we hope to see you around the members area. All right. Well, until next week, this this big easy. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your right. The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food and drink radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org/slash subscribe.